Welcome back to a very laid-back episode of the Story Archive Show, presented by the Soapbox Network. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary, your other host. Welcome. We are welcoming our Story Archive subscribers, as well as our Peaky Blinders podcast subscribers, and you may be wondering at this point, hey, I thought the Peaky Blinders show was over. I thought they finished that episodic reign. Well, we did, and if you uh, have not subscribed to it yet, you totally should. And if you have, you should subscribe to our Story Archive show because this episode is going to be all about what we're looking forward to, what we're currently watching, uh, TV show, film-wise, uh, video game-wise, if you're a video gamer, too. And um, yeah, it's going to be pretty laid back. I'm not going to lie. It's a coffee and chill episode That's and, right. uh, and a short one. We'll probably keep this down to about half an hour. Uh, Zach, how you doing on this very uh, cold, at least cold in my apartment, Wednesday morning? It's cold in my apartment, too, but I, I'm doing good. I wish it were cold outside. We had a nice cold front a few days ago, but you know, maybe we'll get another one as we roll into the, the they lied. holiday season. They lied about that cold front. We're they in did. Flo- they were like, it's going to be here like a few days, and yeah. it was like one day. We're in South Florida, y'all, so there is no such thing as the four seasons down here. We get summer, 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 and summer junior. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much our our seasonal experience. Uh, Zach, I wanted to kind of like, take an episode here where you know if people know us by or at least people who are subscribed to us know us for doing episodic reviews of different shows so we've done a complete or at least we're up to date with uh, Lupin on Netflix Uh, we have done a complete Peaky Blinders episodic review from season one through season Six. uh, six yeah and there, those shows. I mean, Lupin. I wouldn't put in the category of Peaky Blinders. I'm not gonna hype Lupin no. to, the, to the degree. It's not there yet. Maybe give it. It's got to be have consistency throughout the years to reach that kind of level, in my Absolutely. opinion. So not all shows are gonna warrant an episodic review. Uh, granted, we do have our Thanos gauntlet of shows that we have already watched that we think are episodic review worthy. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I won't give out the whole list, but those include the. The Breaking Bads and the Mad Men's and Sopranos. Like, that includes, like, the gauntlet shows uh, that are, like, the greatest in television history. Mm-hmm. Those are not happening, at least at this point, anytime soon. But we are planning on doing movie reviews and TV show reviews. And we have, we're working on a format uh, that we're working title calling PMF, not PM. Uh, S, uh, PMF, as in uh-huh. pilot, middle, and finale. And we're going to do a essentially like a three-episode review. So we've got something coming. I'm I'm the only one hyped on this show about House of the Dragon. Zach is a complete newbie to the entire world of Westeros. So, well, uh, I'm, I'm a newbie, but, you know, I, I do have it on my list to watch Game of Thrones. I just haven't gotten there yet. So I am looking forward to it. I just don't know what I'm in for. Buddy. It's been on your list, but the show's been over for three years. It's been on my list. It's been on my list. I don't have have the network that it's on. I'll say this. It's going to be interesting to do a kind of like a three-episode recap of season one of House of the Dragons with Zach because he's watching it without having seen Game of Thrones, and I haven't spoiled anything for him of Game of Thrones. You've been really good about that, so I appreciate it. So he's going in naked, which I'm thinking is going to be interesting. Because once he finishes House of the Dragons, he's probably going to jump straight into Game of Thrones. Yep. So who knows where that leads us from? A, I totally wouldn't mind an excuse to rewatch uh, Game of Thrones and 
not do an episodic one by one, <laughs> although that would be fun too. Uh, but to do like maybe season recap episodes. And we're going to post those, anything that's not an episodic review on this channel, the Story Archives show channel. That's going to be our main hub for anything that's not an episodic review. So that could be anything from an instant take that we're not so sure uh, we're going to dedicate a series to. Uh, so shows like that we fell in love with this year, like Severance, um, are on that list. So season two of Severance comes and uh, we're going to be doing instant takes from week to week. So that includes... Um, Pretty much like the moment it airs on a Friday, we'll do an episode and and do an instant take on it. Zach, I lost you. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. We had a little bit of a audio uh, video glitch there, um, which is funny because we both come from AV. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, no. Uh, we were talking about the fact that anything that's not an episodic review is going to be um, housed on the Story Archives podcast, which is this podcast, and. Uh, that includes instant takes from shows that we have, you know, fallen in love with recently. So shows like Severance or For All Mankind, which we're going to talk a little bit about on this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of general impressions and whatnot. And those are going to be like week to week. So they kind of will be like episodic, but it's a little easier because it's it's less um, prep time. Because Peaky, you know, we were going, we were rewatching and taking intense notes on, on Peaky and every single full, episode long thing so yeah. that was like 38 or 40 something episodes of that um but yeah let's get into this show uh we also oh one last plug before we finish the plugging section here uh we also have a business show called the soapbox business show which we have five episodes live right now or four if i'm i don't know what my count is right now it's four it's four okay well we just did one right now with a famous formula one photographer named kim illman he's actually very well known on YouTube as well. He has like over 200 and something thousand subscribers on there. He makes really interesting Formula One content from the paddock. If you're a Formula One nerd such as myself, I'm a recently converted nerd, um, honestly speaking. But uh, we get some insights from a photographer and like we talk about some stuff about the drivers and the teams and his experience, his journey towards becoming a photographer for the sport. And it's really good stuff. Uh, and we just try to help... Um, we both try to grow as business owners and also try to um, teach those business wisdom lessons that come from all walks of life from our guests who join the show. So, all right. <sighs> Let's get into this episode. Great intro. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of an intro, but we were also kind of like prefacing the future here. Absolutely. Um, let's get into the thing that's going to happen soonest on the Soapbox Network, which is House of the Dragon. We're mm -hmm. planning a three-episode recap of season one as Zach pops his Game of Thrones cherry with this uh, prequel show, <laughs> and we get him into the world of Westeros. Zach, I got to tell you, season one, yeah. I don't like prequels. I'm yeah, not I'm, a prequel guy. I'm not normally guy. a prequel fan either. Okay. There's only two prequels that have ever proven me wrong that the prequel is usually way worse than the original. Um. And what's funny enough, our, our really our next focus of shows is our two prequels. Okay. Uh, we got House of the Dragon and we got Rings of Power. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this at full discretion. Rings of the Power did not, hold, did not latch its claws into me. I wasn't like Frodo in okay. a cold sweat without the ring, you know? <laughs> I, was, um, I went on vacation mm -hmm. in September and... I just said, nah, I can wait on Wings of Power. And so I have like seven episodes to catch up on. But House of the Dragon, I had to tune in week to week. Like I absolutely had to tune in. It was that good. Yeah. Um, and the other prequel I'm alluding to is um, 
Better Call Saul, which is on par with Breaking Bad. I would agree. Insane. It's insane to say. Yeah, but it's no, true. Uh, I would agree. I, I think Better Call Saul was was great. I I I haven't watched. I think it was like the last season, last season or two. So I've got to go back and finish that. But I, I didn't. Was, watch I wasn't this current. When I was watching that. I didn't watch this current season. What happens to me with Better Call Saul is that all of the seasons kind of meld into one for me. It's a weird. It's hard to differentiate. Like, oh, that happened in season one. Like, yeah, with Breaking Bad, I cl- I clearly that. remember the yeah. the the key moments. Yeah. Um. So we have House of the Dragon. We're gonna do that in November, and then Rings of Power. We're gonna do that in December. So the the clock is ticking on you. You got a lot of TV to watch. I in do the, in the next month and a half. I, so. I I have watched Lord of the Rings, but I will admit it's been what over ten years since I've seen it. So. So I did a Lord a recent Lord of the Rings revisit where I watched the extended versions because I saw I had never watched The Hobbit but I read the book. Okay. And the reason I never watched The Hobbit or wasn't excited for it was because of this prequel thing I'm talking about mm. which is you know usually the prequel is just mm, it's not that it's not that great. When you yeah. know what the ending result is it's kind of takes a little bit away from it hey it's, it's like you've already seen it you, you know where we're going the, yeah the only thing you can play with at that point is how do we get there and, yeah and i i read the hobbit and i was like how the hell did they turn this into three films <laughs> like how'd they do that which by the way i think i'm in the minority of saying this the hobbit films are amazing like i love them i, I don't care what anybody says like i think they're so good uh, especially seen, the ending of the second leading into the third. I've seen the first one. I haven't seen any more than, than the first Hobbit movie. It was pretty good. I saw that one in theaters back when it came out. Um, but I I, like a, I haven't been too into that like universe of things. Like I, like, I I liked Lord of the Rings. I liked the first Hobbit. Um, I got to go back and watch, I guess, the, the other two. And now we got to hop into the, uh, the prequel, which I, I think yeah. I'm going to enjoy. Well, I, I did the extended hobbits and then i did all the extended lord of the rings and i had a blast it yeah, was that's like that's like a week-long commitment of watching tv without yeah, a break it's crazy it was it was about a week you know i'd watch one a night type of thing and it yeah. was it was nice honestly like i didn't four hours though isn't it the, the extended versions no three, they're three? like they're like three something okay. yeah which by the way you go to a movie these days and almost every movie is cracking two and a half two and a so. half is where they're all at right now for the most yeah. part well, with with that being said, of about prequels kind of always being underwhelming, and like you're trying to not think about the finish line while you're watching the start of the race, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, House of the Dragon manages to avoid that in ways that, you know, I will tell you this, and this is maybe a minor expectation spoiler for you, Game of Thrones. Okay, and I think you know this already. Uh, quality oh. dips off uh, on Game of Thrones the last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and the the reason my theory is is because, and I have to throw a bit of shade, but not really because these guys are like personal. Like I look up to these guys in terms of the work they've done, which is uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss. They're the original showrunners of Game of Thrones. Uh, I think also co-creators of the show. Mm-hmm. They did not to their to let them off the hook a little bit. They did not sign up to be writing original canon for game of thrones and george rr R. martin he never finished the books before they finished the television show so i think around season five or six they ran out of material to adapt because these guys adapt masterfully mm-hmm. you know like they're they're masters at that 
However, I don't know if their masters are literally world building and, and taking the lore and now taking it into their own hands because yeah. you see the dramatic drop off. So a combination of that mixed with the fact that they had just landed the Star Wars, like the hel- taking the helm of the Star Wars series. Gotcha. I think there was a bit of fatigue that took place when you're working on something for like 10 straight years and they didn't finish strong. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing two more 10 episode seasons, they condensed and reduced the number of episodes. George wanted two more seasons of 10 episodes. I think that's what the what the rumor is. He wanted more episodes. And he's totally um, justified in saying that. Because it didn't the way they condensed those last few seasons yeah. is so fast that it takes away from the buildup that led to it. And so it becomes a bit underwhelming at times hmm. uh, when you get to certain moments uh and that's putting it light now with that being said house of the dragon brings in a whole new cast of talent okay they bring in this guy ryan condal who is creating it with george R. R. martin my thought process with game of thrones was this if the show if you're not into like hey the grind is getting too much bring in a guy like ryan condal bring in a guy who you know, they're not as established as D.B. Weiss or David Benioff, but they're talented. There is talent out there. And if, as you guys are in charge of the writer's room, you can have these other writers kind of picking up the slack as the in the roles that you're like fatigued by at this point, you know, or to kind of work with you in making, taking this thing, finishing strong. Like mm-hmm. it's like anything that's fin- that has the first two good parts, like Hunger Games, one and two are amazing. The third is like, she just said, hey, how can I destroy my series in the last like two chapters of this book? <laughs> um, it's That's the feeling. Yeah. And you let down your whole fan base with that sort of thing. And I think George also let down his fan base. But then I think he had never really tasted success until um, until Game of Thrones took off. And he has been writing his entire life. Wow. Uh, so I think that's, you know, that overwhelming amount of success in that period of time and those and the style of which he writes did, wasn't con- wasn't conducive to be put on a deadline. So he, he still hasn't stop, finished the book. Did he just stop writing, or did he just he didn't, didn't stop get the he's, books out before you know the, the TV show caught up? So they ran out of material like by five or six, and he he still hasn't finished the the latest. He has another book to write after the one he's finishing now. Oh. So he's not anywhere near. Uh, done but he started focusing on other side projects that expanded the universe because naturally as you go back in the in the lineage of the targaryen dynasty you'll go back and you'll have like tons of stuff that he can expand and write on and the that's what's nice about house of the dragons is it's done like the book is done they are not there's a cool thing to it because house of the dragon is an is a historical account of the events that took place at this part of the targaryen dynasty okay However, it's told by like these historians in the world of Game of Thrones, which are called maesters. So everything is left up to like the overwhelming theme or overriding theme in House of the Dragon is this is how they said the history happened, but history is not always right. And these are the, mm. you know, they, they have a lot of creative leeway to take things in different directions. But okay. it was amazing. I'm looking forward to rewatching it just to do just the podcast and talk about it <laughs> and um yeah that's number one on the list what's next after that we have rings of power uh which i have to get into i'm gonna finish that 
while you're doing House of the Dragons now. Okay. And um, or we'll coordinate and do that together. Uh, we got to just figure that out. And that's also it's been it's been a great show. It's just it hasn't. They're trying to build so much and trying to set the stage that they are at the moment still setting. They're still putting the chess pieces on the table where I'm at in the series. Wow. You're on what, like episode three? I just finished episode three. Like, well, that was weeks ago, but I'd probably have to do a little bit of a recap to kind of refresh myself because yeah. you're getting all new characters. Uh, you're a little familiar with the world because you've watched The Hobbit or watched Lord of the Rings, but... Mm-hmm wholly unfamiliar with this period of time. So they are setting the stage there. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about it at this point. Fair enough. I'm going to have to get into it and take diligent notes. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything you're currently watching or looking forward to in the coming months? Yeah. I mean, currently I started watching a couple of Netflix things actually, because I just finished. um, Oh, you just reminded me of one. I, I, right go now for, go for it oh you want to go no you go for it first oh. and i'll go after so right now i'm I'm watching the watcher uh okay okay and was... we everybody's been suggesting that to us honestly like i'm not i'm not amazed by it G- give us like a little synopsis so these people move into this house mm-hmm. and before they moved into the house like modern know, day it, it's modern day yeah it, I mean, maybe, maybe about a few years ago, if not. Okay. Well, TikTok is mentioned in it, so it, it's it's not that old at all. Okay. okay. But um, I can't believe I just said that. But anyways, uh, yeah. So so these families who kind of have some problems or whatever end up moving into this house, like it's calling to them or something, um, because they, they they feel much better once they move in. Not really sure what it is. It's probably just because it's like a really really nice massive house that is. What is this ridiculous. nice house? It, yeah. These appliances are brand new and. Totally, it's overlooking the ocean. Why am I drawn to this home? Because it's freaking beautiful. Exactly. It's it, it's literally it's over it's overlooking a lake. It has a lake it, like lake access to it. It's huge. Yeah. It's like two it, whatever. So, anyways, they move in, and uh, after like a, a few days, like something weird starts to happen. A little little odd. Like the neighbors are a little weird too. They're they're is all kind of. Is it horror? It's not really horror. I would not call it call it a horror show or anything like that it's it's more of like a thriller it, it reminds thriller? me of like a whodunit like series or something like that mm, you know okay. like you're, you're you're just guessing who's who's doing all these things because all, all of the neighbors are weird like they're all weird you feel like you just moved into like a cult neighborhood and oh, that's funny a few days like a few days into living at the house or whatever they start getting these letters like typed up letters addressed to whoever's living there and you know they're like talking about like oh i see your daughter is sleeping in the bedroom over here and the windows give me access to everything in the home and is that your is that your voice of the letters it, that the it, no that, that that's kind of what the voice of the letters actually sounds like they, okay, like okay. they do this like slightly distorted thing it sounds a little weird and then it, mm-hmm. he always ends it you know i'm still watching the watcher and they're just going crazy, like trying to figure out like what is going on. The is this a, seem is this a white like, is, is this crazy. a white family? So it's a white family, and apparently, this has been happening for like a hundred or two hundred years, mm-hmm. um, where you know there there has been some watcher, yeah, and some crazy stuff has happened in this house. So, yeah. anyways, that that that's kind of 
what's going on. I'm trying not to give too much away, but I think a lot of that's obvious in the trailer. Uh, I, th- I think um, Eddie Murphy has a great skit about like white people and black people. Yeah. In horror movies uh-huh. and like why why this shit only happens to white people. Cause they, <laughs> cause, and as, as a Spanish person, I could tell you like the moment we get that letter, we're out the house. Yeah. Like white people will be like, huh, I wonder who sent this letter. <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of this shit. He keeps on watching Jessica sleep at night. That's, that's we got to get to the... Why are the walls bleeding? Like that's the kind of like part of the skit. It's hilarious. I just saw yeah. a video on on Instagram like a a couple of days ago, and you know it's like this this black guy walks into the front door of the house like he just bought a house, and the house says get <laughs> out, and he, he's he like out. he just like I'm out, he dips, yeah. and then and then a white guy comes in and he hears get out, and he's like that's weird. It just mm-hmm. keeps going. <laughs> It's so stupid. Uh, that's so strange. Yeah. Where's that noise coming from? That man, I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have that trailer pulled up for the watcher? Or is that kind of self-explanatory? I, I don't. I don't have it pulled up. Um, you you actually br- brought to mind a movie that just came out. I don't know if it's any good or not, but um, it's called The Stranger, mm. and it has one of my favorite actors, uh, Joel e- Egger Edgerton Egerton. You'll oh, know man. him by if you see him. Let me look it up. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Edgerton. The Stranger. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. He was in that movie Bright. Great Gatsby. Oh, The Glass Onion. I forgot about that. So I kind of want to watch the trailer. The thing is, if this trailer starts to... Do you hear audio coming through? No, because you're, you're just sharing the, the whole window gotta share that tab oh i gotta share that specific tab yeah let's do that let's let's uh let's let me share this tab instead while you're pulling that up the other one that i'm i'm about to start watching like i like i started the episode but i haven't finished it is the the Dahmer series on netflix oh god don't watch that bro <laughs> i'm i'm not for anything that um that I feel like glorifies shit people. Yeah. Like I, at least those kinds of shit people. No, I, I, I know what you mean. The only reason I wanted to start watching it was because the, the kid or that, that I guess he's not a kid, but the guy that plays, I guess, Jeffrey Dahmer is from American horror story. So I wanted to see how he does in this. Yeah. Apparently he kills it pun unintended, but intended, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I confused him for the, uh, like the clown killer. The clown um, killer. Yeah, there's this clown killer guy who's disturbing as hell. Okay. I Either way, there's people who are just getting too, uh, too uh, lighthearted with this Dahmer yeah, they, series. They, they build up like a cult following with all of this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to part of this episode. To listen to the full episode, follow the Story Archive show on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Links to the show will be in the description below, and we're looking to continuing the journey with you there. 